This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. I just have a request. If we can sing again that song after the sermon, it will be okay. Because <laughs> we are going to talk about the miracle of love and grace. So I don't know what is in the bulletin in the last one, but it will be okay. We can sing because that is the, that is the theme today. Um, I'm very um, thankful to Pastor uh, Alex. Um, he's now taking a class of chaplaincy. and I don't know how he has the courage, but he said, hey, Daniel, <laughs> would you like to come and pray? I said, well, Okay, um, I will try. Uh, I will try and as well. I'm very thankful to Jim Nichol. Jim, Jim would, you, would you like to stand? Um, thank you for being here. Uh, his, his background is in Nazarene, and he has been for almost four years working in Florida Hospital at Popka as a volunteer uh, almost every day. And Friday night in the Sabbath Vesper that we do every uh, Friday night. So uh, I'm very thankful that you are here and giving support. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Um, as well, uh, um, I was so glad when uh, I, I came to the pastoral office and I saw a Jamaican flat saying, hmm, I feel at home here. So I'm glad. That is my first time here in this church, and uh, I see that you are very diverse, and uh, that, is, uh, that is a blessing. That is, uh, that is a blessing. Um, I have a confession to, to do uh, here. And, you know, even when I, I pass the school in very spring, uh, I have to take a couple of classes in preaching. Um, this is the first time that I'm preaching to the church in English. English is my second language. So uh, I have been struggling with that, but uh, he created the language. He created a tongue. And when somebody say to me, hey, Daniel, you have to preach, that is something beyond Pastor Alex. I think this is the Lord. He's asking me, um, you know, you can bless, you can bless others. So um, uh, this morning, I want to ask you that in your pew, you can have silent prayer, that you may be not distracted for my strong accent and anything of that, because I'm sure that the Lord uh, has a measure for you. And he can use anything, even a child. <laughs> Everything he can use, because he loves you and, and he cares for you. And I would like, uh, I have been for a while in, 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 in ministry, uh, always in, uh, we attend for a slake, uh, uh, but I see uh, the, um, the hospital as my church right now. I'm so glad to have Wanda here too. Uh, I, I knew that uh, she has been here for uh, more than three years, and, and what a blessing. You are blessed. She's a very talent. Wanda is like an academy for Florida Hospital Pastoral Care Office. She's like a living academy. So I'm sure that uh, you are blessed with, with her ministry. So I have been very passionate with, you know, uh, uh, looking to what, what really uh, we need to share. So we are going to uh, open our Bibles in the book of Revelation. We are going to focus today in the church of Ephesus. And I'm sure there will be something uh, uh, great that we can take here and then um, 
we are going to the, uh, the whole sermon. So if you want to open uh, your Bible uh, in the book of Revelation, um, and you know, this is a book for, for this time. We are right? We agree with that? This is a book written for this time. So I'm sure that uh, there is a lot for, for us. Let me check it out if the PowerPoint is working. Well, okay, it's working well. So I will use the English Standard Version, a first, uh, um, Revelation chapter 2. Uh, we are going through all the messages to the church in Ephesus from verse 1. Uh, through verse 7. So this is the word of God. We are ready? To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the word of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have test those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing off for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the work you did at first. If not... I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place unless you repent. Yet this have you. You have. You hate the word of the Nicolaitan, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This is the word of God. So um, I would like that we can, we can have a very short prayer um, again. Lord, uh, what a blessing to be here. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the service. Thank you for the children's story in the book of Revelation. And, and, and thank you for being with my brothers and sisters because we speak just one language, the language of love, the language of grace in Jesus Christ our Savior. Oh Lord, how will be heaven? We want to be there and, and thank you. Um, we want to take away right now any distraction from anything because we want to, Lord, pay attention to your word, the message that you have for every one of us today. Thank you because we ask you in that almighty name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I don't know how many of you has been familiar with uh, the Fireproof movie. Have you, have you watched this movie, Fireproof? Uh, Fireproof was a 2008 American Christian film that made, uh, made a, great, a great impact. Uh, Caleb is the main character. He's a firefighter in Albany, Georgia. And he firmly keeps the cardinal rule of all firemen. Never leave your partner behind. But Caleb's home life is an altogether different story. His seven-year marriage to his wife, Catherine, is on the verge of implosion. Neither one understands the pressure the other face. And after a heated argument in which Caleb screamed in Catherine's face, she declared she wants out of the marriage. 
and takes off his wedding ring. When Caleb tells his father about the impending divorce, he challenges Caleb to commit to a 40-day a test called The Love There. I don't know how many of you have seen that book. It's in the Christian book library. It's beautiful. A simple, a simple strategy to recapture his first love. Through the, through the guidance of the love there, and as a result of his new com commitment to Christ, Caleb begins to understand what it means to truly love his wife. He begins pulling more of his own weight at home, doing household chores and running errands, and even leaving roses for Catherine. At the end, both Caleb and Catherine rededicate their life to one another under Christ's blessing. Beautiful end, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know that this kind of commitment to recapture the first love of a broken relationship is seen in Revelation 2? Yeah, in the message to the church of Ephesus. Here the main character is Jesus, and he invites his bride to revive, to get back her first love through what she did at first. So um, we can focus on verse 4 and 5. I think that the message is here. We have a lot in, in, in Revelation 2, 1 through 7, but we, we are going to focus here, and I think this is from the New International Version. You can read with me, and, and you can check it out in your Bible as well, or your app, or your iPhone, whatever you have the Bible. So Revelation 2, 4 and 5, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken what? You have forsaken what? Your first love. Remember the hay, the hay from which you have fallen. Repent and what? And do the thing you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lamb stand from his place. I don't know if you see here a, a parallel between first and first, first works. It's a beautiful parallel. First love, first works. So what, what, is, uh, what is Jesus? What is Jesus saying to the Ephesians? To recapture the first love is to return to the first works. And that is the message. That is the message here. In other words... A return to the first love experience will result in the first work experience. Um, they are two, two very simple uh, rules that we can use when we study the Bible. I love this guy I have seen holding the Bible here. You, you took my, my, my attention. I, I see that you love the scripture and he kissed the Bible. Wow, what a blessing. Wow. You have blessed me to, to this morning. Praise the Lord. So that they, are, they are two very simple rules that we can use uh, when we study the Bible. And we have to remember, we have to keep in mind when we study this very sacred book that uh, the, this book was, was written for first readers that lived very long, very long time ago. So when we open the Bible, we have to remember... Uh, what, what this word means for those that read the, Bible for the, read the Bible for the first time. That is the first rule. And then we can move to the second one that we'll see a little later. But the first thing that I would like to, 
emphasize here is, okay, what this message meant for the first reader, the people living in Ephesus? What this message meant for them? Well, we, we, we can keep in mind that these seven messages that is in Revelation 2 and 3 are not separate letters, as we generally assume. They were all sent together with the rest of the book of Revelation to be read, each one, to be read, each one by all the seven churches. If you look to Revelation 1.11, if you can check it out, uh, Revelation um, 1.11, you can see uh, how the angel said to John, write on what? Write on a scroll or a book. It's not many. It's not, it's not a lot. It's a, write on a scroll and send it to the seven churches. After that, surely after that, many copies, they circulated among them, but the original was written as a single manuscript. The first book of Revelation was a single manuscript, a single book that had to go through all the seven churches to read it. So every church, listen, what was addressed, was addressed to the other one. And we know that the message to the seven churches was not, uh, was not so funny. There were a lot of very strong messages. Um, and many times, he said, I have this against you. You, you. you tolerate that woman that is called Hezebel, and, and you, you are okay with that doctrine of Balan. And, um, you know, you, you are proud that you are alive, but you are dead. Uh, and in the message to Laodicea, you know, I'm going to speak you from my mouth. Hey, a very strong message. <laughs> and to the church in Ephesus, the Lord say, hey, you have forsaken the first love. And, and my point is that that was something embarrassing for, for the churches, that everyone listened what the Lord was saying in, in every message. Are you following me? Was something embarrassing because everyone has to know what Jesus, what the Lord was saying to them as the church, seven churches. And in a very special way, that message for the church of Ephesus was very, very embarrassing for them. And I will tell you why. I will tell you why. In Ephesus was located probably the most influential Christian church in the probing of the, at, the, at the time of the reader of the book of Revelation. We, we know in many times, in many towns, in, in, our, uh, um, in, in many cities, we have the first church. It was the first church that was found, and, and then come the second, the third, I think the Baptists, they have that kind of practice. We can say the first church, and well, Ephesus was the, the most prominent of all the churches. It was the church found by Aquila and Priscilla, and they have the Apollos, that young preacher. They, they were there as well. He was there as well. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he worked in Ephesus for about three years. And to this church, he, ad, he addressed his letter, which we know today as, as well. How? As the Ephesians. Moreover, in this letter, Paul praised them because he said, I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. <laughs> letter Timothy were there as well. Ephesus, the church of Ephesus, 
was the place that some of the greatest victories of the gospel were won. In addition to all of that, John the Apostle spent a great deal of time in ministry there in Ephesus. If shortly before the destruction of Jerusalem in, of Jerusalem in 70 AD, he settled in Ephesus and he went to exile approximately 81 to 96. Returning to Ephesus again, it means that he spent many years here, John the Apostle, as the senior pastor in Ephesus. So the Ephesians had as their senior pastor the beloved disciple. You know that it was the title that John took, the beloved pastor, the beloved disciple. So that is ironic. That is not ironic to hear you have forsaken your first love. Oh, yes. Who write this message is the Apostle John, author of one of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and three letters to the Christian church written with a pen full of love, of any author in the Old and New Testament as we know today. So let me say it again. It was painful for the Ephesians to listen to listen this word, you have forsaken your first love. The church of the church of love now is listen, is hearing this message, you have forsaken your first love. But there is another reason for their change and the embarrassment. This word has not only been listened for the entire Christian community in Asia Minor or come from the beloved apostle, their pastor. No, this word is coming directly from Jesus Christ. And suddenly their hearts broke when hearing them for second time, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. So I'm sure they ask, hey, what we can do? What we can do? And Jesus answered, do the thing you did at first. <laughs> So, my dear children, Jesus says, to recapture the first love is to return to the first work. A return to the first love experience will result in the first world experience. So, from this, we can imply that Jesus' message is not, it's not so much a new turn. And it's very, this is very, that is very, very significant. Because there are many of our churches thinking about a new turn. But what is Jesus is saying is not a new turn. It's a return to the past, to the beginning. It's not significant. When Jesus says return to the first work, he inferred not just good works, but also the act of love toward God and one another that characterized the early years of the church. Their battle against the heretics their their vital, their fighting against the heretics could certainly be construed as good work, and God praised them because of that. They 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 vital uh, and they won the the heretics, but because it was not with love, it was insufficient. In short, orthodoxy without orthopractice is a false religion. In summary. The Ephesian has lost the first flush of enthusiasm and excitement in their Christian life and has settled in a cool orthodoxy. The second generation of the church have probably failed to maintain the fervor, the enthusiasm of the first one. So the Greek word temperotent, that is some Greek word that are key here, temperotent does not refer, does not refer to the first or primary love, but almost sentence means the love you had 
At first, that is surely after their conversion. I guess that the Ephesians surely looked to the powerful scenario of their first generation, desiring the fulfillment of Jesus. Do the thing you did at first. And then we can, we can, we can tour for the book of Acts, and we find, we find this, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come on you, and you will be my witness. Witnesses. They all join together constantly in prayer. They devote themselves to the apostle teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread to prayer. Everyone was filled with a way. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple course. They broke bread and their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. All the, believe, all the believers were one in heart and mind. They shared everything they had. They were not need, needy person among them. For, for from time to time, those who own lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the cells, and put it at the apostle's feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. So to recapture the fair love is to return to the first work. A return to the first love experience will result in the first work experience. Yeah, I hold... This again you, you have forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. So, you are going to go home early today, but fine. What is the first rule when we open the Bible? What is this message meant for the first reader of this message? That is the first rule. It's a very simple rule. We have to go to that time and say, wow, when these people read this, uh, what this meant for them? And then there is the second rule, very simple. I know that you guys already. What this message mean for who? For you and for me today, right now. It's not simple. <laughs> okay, this is what all this message meant for the Ephesians. Now, what this message mean for me, for you, for me today? There are some practical lessons that we can apply from Ephesus experience as, as Adventist church and as well individual, individuality. Uh, one of these lessons, as church, we must separate cardinal doctrine for non-cardinal uh, issues. By non-cardinal issues, I refer to points that are not as clear in Scripture and are not essential for salvation. We need to distinguish that, to separate that. They are cardinal doctrines, they are no cardinal issues. So we need to separate that. As a church, we desperately need a new sense of fellowship at the deepest level. It is sad when Christians are just as lonely as no Christian. We must recognize that the church that has forgotten to love is a church that has ceased to be a church. Like a Christian that has forgotten to love has ceased to be a Christian. Do we agree with that? This is all about what good it is to claim we love God when we have little priority, when he has little priority in our life, and we prefer the things of this world over the things of God. We must make Christ our religion, our knowledge, our experience, our love, our weaknesses. Uh, um, and church, it is time to examine our past life and bring to mind what it was 
when we were in love with Christ. It is time to revive our devotion to Christ. It is time to respond with work of love to other church members as well as those outside. We need to learn to conquer not only heretics, but also our own sinful tendencies. And you know, and I know, the one who can save us, who can help us, who can give us a fireproof love, Jesus Christ. To recapture the first love is to return to the first work. To return to the first work is like accepting a rose at door every day. Um, I know that the most young, the youngest people here maybe do not identify this guy, but this is um, Jack Benny. Uh, I was talking with someone, uh, with G Nichols. Uh, I was sharing with him, not the whole story, because you have to come to the service and listen to the whole story. But he, he um, I am not saying that you are too old, Jim, but he, he remembered his shows. Uh, maybe in all channels, they are still shows of Jack Benny. But there is a great story. There is a great story of this guy, uh, of this great comedian, Jack Benny, that is not well known. Because being very young, he started to work in the cinema, in the cinema industry, industry in Hollywood. And it was there that he met a young lady named Mary Livingstone and fell in love with her. But Jack, being, being a young, nice, shy person, he couldn't approach her, let's ask her for a day. So this lucky lady received a rose every day without a name, a letter, just simple. Just simple, a simple red rose every day. Finally, she, she, she pressured the, the florist to tell her who was sending the roses. And the sales person said, Jack, shortly thereafter, they talked and, be, and began, began dating. On the first day, Jack gave her a rose and in the days to follow. Later, they got engaged and surely she thought that the roses will stop coming, but she was wrong. Mary received a rose every day, right through the wedding day. During the honeymoon, she assumed that she would not receive more roses, but she was wrong. Every, every, even during their honeymoon, the rose kept coming. When they returned home, at her surprise, she kept getting a rose at the door from her husband. And it followed away year after year of their marriage. A red rose without a car, a letter, without any explanation, simply a red rose every day. Many years later, Jack Benny died. Now she was a widow, and even then the roses did not cease to come. So she decided to call the florist and ask her, it could be a mistake. My husband died. Why am I still receiving a rose daily? No, Mrs. Benny, it is not a mistake, answered the florist. Your deceased husband left arranged in his testament to continue sending you a red rose after his death. A simple, a simple act, but how great it was. Jad wanted Mary to know how much he loved her. Thou to love someone means more than a rose do, a rose adore. Surely this woman appreciated deeply this permanent, continuously work of love, a living love, a fireproof love. And you know, I see Jesus. Oh, something happened here, but that is okay. 
I see Jesus living a, ro a red rose at my door every day. Have you noticed yours? The differences between Jack and Jesus, I like Jack and Jesus, is that our Savior lived with a red rose a note. He, he left a letter, an explanation with his name. He left us with an invitation to talk through prayer, to hear him through his word, to live a living experience through a compassionate life for our neighbors. Like Caleb Cardinal Rule, he never will leave you behind. So this morning, oh, that is not this morning. This is all, it's one already. I want you to invite you to recapture the first love, returning to the first works. To return to the first word, receiving again Jesus Christ. Why not say, Jesus, here I am. Connect my life with your life and allow me, allow me to experience one again, once again your first love. That one that we had at the beginning when I, 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 when I knew you, when I was born again. Why not? So you wanted to join me in a word of prayer, and you wanted to standing up before that prayer. I will invite you. You, you can raise your hands, but I have here a beautiful prayer. This prayer was written by Ellen G. Y. Um, what a humble prayer that I want to uh, um, use to, for this end. So uh, let us pray. Let us, close. let us close our eyes and put our eyes, our heart in Jesus. Lord, take my heart, for I cannot give it. It is your property. Keep it pure, for I cannot keep it for me. Save me in spite of myself, my weak, unchristlike self. Mold me, fashion me. Rise me into a pure and holy atmosphere when the rich current of your love can flow through my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that miracle of love and, and grace that we are going to sing again. Thank you.